Well, a three-game losing skid is no more. OU is back on the winning side. First conference win of the year. OU wins it over Kansas today, 52-42 inside Owen Field. Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson, we got you for the next two hours. 405-329-9000 if you want to sneak in with your post-game thoughts. And a lot of good to talk about, some not so good to talk about. Let's start off on the positive side of things. A week after getting shut out, Travis, you have over 700 yards of total <laughs> offense. Marvin Mims was the best player on the field. Eric Gray was right behind him, and Dylan Gabriel had a few turnovers today, but even with those few turnovers, the offense, like we thought it would be, looked just completely night and day different from what we've seen here for the past six quarters before this game. Yeah, and we talked about it in the pregame, Tyler. We said you got to get the ball to your best players. Well, you're looking at, on the short list of that, you've got Eric Gray, Marvin Mims, and Braden Willis. All three of those guys had big days. And I'll tell you what, man, the youth movement was alive and well today. Javante Barnes Look great, man. with a big day. RSJ depleted yeah. Jason Bean in in a hit that I haven't seen a lot of safeties lay over the uh, yeah. o- o- over the course of the season so far. Eric Gray finishes with 20 carries for 176. Best game is a and sooner, two touchdowns. I mean, just a dominant performance by him. He was running tough, running downhill. Javante Barnes, 21 carries for 69 yards. Nice, but two touchdowns. He runs tough, so that's big time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. We can talk about the good. Um, but, uh, you know, the bad, the defense. Yeah. Well, in, in Eric Gray, I think you saw today, again, and I've been saying it this week, I think you've been seeing it the past three weeks, but that was his best game as a Sooner today. And we saw him several times today get past the line of scrimmage, and he's got a quick juke, man. I yeah. mean, he, yeah. he's, he really – He's, we, we joke and say he's got a little wiggle in him, but he really has that quick juke and can cut it back upfield for a big game. We just haven't seen that type of player. I don't know if there's more confidence with him now than there's been previously. I think there's more patience and trust, yeah. trust in his game. That's the type of guy we've been waiting on, and it's here. And today he was, outside of Marvin Mims, again, I thought he was the best player on the field. He was yeah. huge for this and, offense. And I'll tell you what, uh, this was a big game for Jeff Levy. I mean, Jeff Levy... I mean, they were it was it was rough last week, and naturally, you know, there were some questions after last week, and fair ones, fair questions to Jeff Levy. But when you just look at the third down numbers, man, they had talked about it even the week of going into Nebraska. The third down numbers is something that we had struggled with. I mean, badly, and um, I mean, it was it was really incredible. I had to double take on the numbers actually a couple times. And, uh, yeah, he, he played. A, he, he called a good game, even on the plays that ended up in turnovers. I mean, I mean, play calls. Yeah. The guy was right, wide open. You know, Dylan just – Marvin sure. kind of quits on the route. Dylan hits the defender between the numbers in a spot where Marvin's supposed to be. 700 yards is hard to argue with. Tyler. The sequence right before the half is the downside of the offense today. I'll say this, though. You know, they, they didn't get it. And maybe the Mims touchdown – should have been called just that, a, a touchdown. I, I yes. thought that he was in on that play, so maybe you shouldn't even have been in that spot. But even though they didn't get it, even though they got stuffed twice at the goal line, you're 3-3, three and three, man. You're 3-3. Three and three. Go for it. And I'm glad that they were aggressive in that spot. They had another opportunity with the fourth and one early in the third quarter, and they went for it again. And it's like, good, like you should have the confidence 
that you can pick up one yard on fourth down, and they got the touchdown in that time. So I, I have no issue not taking points before the half. I think you go for it, man. And I'm really glad you brought up, I think, what was a key word, confidence. This team played with a heck of a lot more confidence than we've seen them play maybe all year, to be honest. I mean, even the defense at times playing with more confidence, more pop, right? So, I mean, that that's what I really like to see because we didn't have a lot of confidence coming into this game yeah. as a team, right? You lose three straight. You get blanked against Texas. Kansas, they're a ranked team. They're coming in with a lot of confidence. Yeah, playing with a backup, but one that's certainly capable. So when you when you look at the pregame of who should be more confident, Kansas had it in spades, but but OU really played well early um, to get that get that confidence back. And how about this, Tyler? We scored first. Yeah, well, and, and I'm not even sure that was legal. You, you talk about the confidence, and that's that's I think why is they rolled right down the field with ease and go down and get a touchdown. That was that was huge, man, to, to get that lead for the first time since Lincoln. Now, you give up a touchdown drive on a great catch. Great yeah. catch. You had a great catch on that play. You score, and then they score, and it's 14 nothing. You're sitting here saying, I know exactly what type of day this is going to be. And that's kind of what it was. You know, OU did have a 21-point lead in that game, but Kansas just kind of never let you run away with it, you know? Right. And, you know, defensively, they're going to get crap again, and I think for the most part, rightfully so, because you had over 700 yards and you still only win by 10 Correct. points. But three turnovers. There were actually like whether whether anyone believes it or not, that's fine. There were small stretches in that game where the defense actually played well and had like yeah. four consecutive series without allowing a touchdown. So baby steps. Well, and back baby to back steps. three and outs. I mean, it's just stuff like that. You got to get confidence in the locker room. We can even say it. I mean, our post-game shows. After Kansas State, I mean, it was emotional. Everybody was upset. Couldn't believe we lost to Kansas State. After TCU, we're looking around like, oh, my gosh, this team might be bad. Texas, but it, it felt different, kind yeah. of. You know what I mean? But you can't let that loser mentality creep into the locker room. So just getting the win today. And, Tyler, how about C.J. Colden? That was unbelievable, had a t- Had a picket last week, but it was thrown play. right to him. This one today, it really looked like a Guaybu when he went up. Um, at and, Oklahoma State. Yeah, at yeah. Oklahoma State and tipped it and caught it. What an athletic play. C.J. Colden is going to get a lot more snaps, and he should. You know who the most upset person is about the C.J. Colden interception? Prob- D.J. Graham. Probably Gavin Freeman. Because oh. he had an unbelievable catch of his own. What a few series before mm-hmm. that, full extension. What a catch. And I felt bad for him a little bit. But the crowd was yelling, Stoops! It's like, no, I know they look alike out there on the field. I know the numbers are hard to see today. That's not Drake Stoops. That's Gavin Freeman. So good for him, man, getting out there on a on a deep ball and making a great play. Man, but again, now we saw some acrobatic catches today. Again, no man, the youth movement, man. Gavin Freeman getting out there. Javante Barnes uh, doing some really nice things today. RSJ, like I said, depleting Bean. I mean, you're getting these young guys in there. R. Mason Thomas yeah, he played was, well what, what, yeah, had, he had some fury off the edge. And I, I'm telling you, man, it. I'm more confident now going forward simply because the turnovers, I don't think those are very repeatable, right? Dylan Gabriel hadn't really turned the, hadn't turned the ball over all year coming into this game. He throws the ball. He was dialed in. He goes to throw it to Mims. Mims stops on the route. That's, I mean, that shouldn't happen. I don't think it'll happen a yeah. ton in the future. Fumble on an option play. Dylan, what it looks yeah. like. Dylan's, yeah. Dylan's a guy that takes care of the ball. So going forward, do I think Dylan, you know, is going to be careless with the ball? No, I don't. 
So if you don't have those turnovers, you might be looking at, you know, maybe 59-35 or yeah. something like that or, or, or something similar at least. So how do I feel coming at it today? Well, I'll tell you how I feel. You can as well, 405-329-9000. I feel, and how could you not, so much better about the offense moving forward. Oh, man. The offense that we saw today can, you know, get on a nice run to end the season and make it a respectable 7-8 win year. I, I think that the offense that we saw today, and hopefully we see it again, but I, I got a lot of confidence in the offense after today. And I really got a lot of confidence in the running game right now because oh, the running boy. game is is really starting to come around. About 300 yards today on the ground, so 98. Offensively, yeah, man, I feel good about things. Defensively, it's just kind of they are what they are, man. And, and I think that what we saw today, how this game unfolded, I think there's going to be a lot more games moving forward that might resemble this one, where you just got to throw up a ton of points and a ton of yards and hope your defense just hangs on. And you know what, Tyler? Uh, this is going to sound super sunshine pumping, and I get that. Uh-oh, here we go. But it's really the perfect scenario to get young guys in on defense because if your offense can score like they did today, fine. Throw freshmen in there. What's the worst? You can still win games doing that. Yeah. The problem is last week we talked about the youth movement and we had just kind of you know, conceded that we might lose the games that we're getting all these freshmen reps in this defense. Now you can get young guys reps in the defense while the offense runs the ball well and Dylan is dialed in. You can have the best of both worlds. Now maybe next week maybe next week it's 52-35. Maybe the next week it's 52-28. I mean, obviously, we're on a bye next week, but you get my point, sure. right? You can still develop your young talent on defense because your offense is going to go ahead and take care of it. Yeah, and I hope the offense clicks on all cylinders like that. You know, Iowa State's been notorious. Your next game coming up for, I know. you know, rush three, drop eight, and, and keeping the big plays at bay. And they should have um, they should have beat Texas today, man. Yeah, they should have beat Texas. They had that, they had that wide open wide receiver down to the eight-yard line yeah. with two minutes to go, and he dropped it down three. Yeah. Just, that's why, I mean, it's Iowa State, man. Yeah, so it, it, it's obvious. I think this, if this team is going to get to six wins, which I think they're going to after today, I do, and I and I feel that way because of the offense. We talked but about the, that in the The offense is going to have to carry you the rest of the way. Like, to me, I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Are they capable of doing that? I think so based on what we saw today, and it's it has to do with Gabriel. It has to do with Mims. It's more to do with the running game for me. This offensive line, man, I, I feel like they're not elite, and I won't even – tell you that they're elite or one of the best in the country, but they're starting to play their best ball right now. And this in this running game is going to be a factor moving forward, especially with Gray and Barnes and even Major when he gets back. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, man. We did this without Marcus Major getting a carry, and you know, you, you look at 300 yards rushing, man. I mean, 298, but hey, we're going we're gonna to give them that two yards that even, you know, they couldn't get it at the end of the first half. But um, I mean, you look at it and Again, patience. The offensive line is getting a push. The offensive line was getting a push against Texas when they had 10 in the box. So you go out here and you have Dylan dealing early. I mean, you're going to have lanes open up, and you just have to take advantage of them when they're, of them when they're there. Yeah. It so, was hey, nice to see Theo Weiss, too, get a few catches. That was nice. Yeah, he had a nice touchdown catch. Um, it's nice to get a win. Oh, nice boy. to be back in the win column. 10-point win. It wasn't pretty. But you cover the spread. Well, if you depends got it, on when you got in. If you got it any other time, uh, other than an hour before kickoff today, <laughs> but you get a win. It's a double-digit win. It wasn't perfect. This team isn't perfect. They weren't going to be perfect coming out of a game against Kansas. 
but you got to win against a top 20 team. And a KU team that I, I didn't think that they were fool's gold coming into this game. But at the same time, I was like, all right, let's 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 kind of see what they're all about. Let, let me see if they're, you know, just ran up across a nice schedule to start the year, if they're really good. Their offense is really good. Now, I understand who they were playing today, the OU defense, who had some issues. But their, their offense is good, and, and they're going to win a couple more games this year, for sure. 405-329-9000 if you want to sneak in here. Uh, wow, we were at, uh, we were at Yo Pablo. Here on Campus Corner, we got the Bama-Tennessee game on. Balls already up 7-0 on the tie. The Bama's driving inside the 20-yard line. It is the home creations. Sooner game day wrap-up show. Quick break. We'll get to your calls, texts, and more coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Home creations, Sooner game day wrap-up show, live from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Can you believe it? The Sooners win it today, 52-42 over the Kansas Jayhawks. Over 700 yards of offense from Dylan Gabriel in the crew today. And it didn't take them long. They came out hot. The run game was there. And, and, and really, it was more about the passing game yeah, early on. Early. They, they, they came out and really kind of softened up that KU defense. And you saw KU have to play soft out on the edge because of uh, respecting the deep ball. It just opened things up for the run game. It was a uh, it was a good offensive game plan, and I know and I know uh, Levy's taking a lot of crap here recently, but that was a nice bounce back for everyone involved offensively. Yeah, that'll be a feel good game on the uh, when they watch film on the offensive side, defensive side obviously not so much. Yeah. But from that offensive side, you bring up a great point about you know starting throwing, getting them in that rhythm, and getting Dylan in his first game back. You know, six quarters he's had to watch, uh, you know, Davis Bevel go out there. And 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 that's not a shot against Bevel. It's just he had to watch the offense run without him. And I'll tell you what, we talked about it in the pregame. you got to reward Marvin Mims for uh, all of his uh, cardio last week by getting him the ball. He had 17 targets today. Well, and I said yesterday on the rush, uh, I think he's going to have 11 targets. And I felt that was super aggressive. Like 17. super aggressive. And that was more out of hope. Like, you've got to get Mims that many opportunities. 17 targets? Are you kidding me? Matched his jersey number today. And guess what, Travis? That's kind of a number that I would like to see moving forward. I don't see why not. I mean, he is your best player. Uh, I I think there's going to definitely be more games moving forward where he's the best player on the field. He can do it down the field. He can do it with short stuff today. And, you know, 17 targets. He had a big day. And, and, and there were some missed opportunities yeah, there between yeah. him and Dylan Gabriel. What, what does today look like for him if they hook up on a deep ball or two and some other you know, I'll put happen. it this way. I'll put it this way. He ended with nine catches. Is Marvin Mims the type of receiver to only catch basically half of his targets? No. No? No. He's better than that. So you look at that and you say, hey, we're giving this guy 17 targets. If I'd have told you 17 pregame, you would have thought he had 14 catches. Well, 13 I thought we were catches. going to triple overtime if you would have told me that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but again, just a great game plan. Again, get Dylan back in rhythm. Get Marvin Mims super active. And I'll tell you what, man, Braden Willis for the second week in a row, just wildly impressive. Yeah. He he had over 100 yards receiving. I know. On five catches. Yeah. I mean, he continues to be. Whatever the team needs. And if you could have – I'm a big believer that as Tennessee scores again – I've never seen this many people root for the color orange in, uh, in Norman. But, um, yeah, so if you if you go out there and have him a, – a, a captain every game, 
I'm, I'm Braden Willis should be a captain every game. Yeah, man. he should. He does everything for you. He'll play quarterback for you. He'll run the ball for you. He'll he'll go out and he'll score you know touchdowns uh, in the receiving game. Couldn't be happier for Braden Willis because uh, I feel like he's getting rewarded now. I mean, he is. I think your best players are Mims, Gray, and Willis in no particular order. Yeah, and and that's not just the offense; that's the entire team. Yeah, and it, but it, but at the same time, like I feels like you agree with that. Yeah, I feel like most people would agree with that. In whatever order that you would arrange it, that's fine. But it just goes to show, like your star power, your, your talent is on offense this year. Yeah, and and, and like I said, I I like the opportunity for a bunch of the young guys to get in on defense while while your offensive talent continues to build your build you leads. Build you leads, build you leads. Yeah. Let the young guys get on their defense and, and just run around, fly around with the energy and the hunger to be out there. I mean, we talked about, I mean, all week, Venable say, you know what? If you don't want to be here, if you're not bought into what we're doing, go ahead and get on out. And and like we thought, you see a bunch of freshmen in there and you go out and win a ball game. So I would I had been questioning the crowd all week long. Yeah. I just thought after a three game losing streak, eleven AM game, um, it was gonna be tough to get a lot of people to I'll say that the crowd turnout was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't great. And even the the student section, the student section was in no way full, and there were definitely some empty seats there, but there were a lot more people at that place today than I thought they were engaged. Here's the thing. I I know we've been kind of critical of the crowd, especially early in in the year and whatnot. you got to give the crowd its props, man. I mean, they showed up. A lot of Kansas fans in the crowd for sure. There were as many Kansas fans here as I've seen maybe ever. Yeah, and it was – but it was, uh, you know, it was a good showing by the crowd, man. They were engaged. But that goes to show you, Tyler, what a crowd can be like when you're winning. Yeah. I said this after the TCU game. TCU sang along. The entire stadium sang along to, like, don't stop believing. And it was it was because they were all in a great mood because they were blowing out Oklahoma. You know, you play Phil Collins uh, when we're losing to Kansas State, and of course everybody thinks it's dumb. You're losing in the fourth yeah. quarter to Kansas State. So, so much of that, the team's success has so much to do, obviously, with the feeling of the crowd. And uh, like I said, I thought they were really good today. You only get one October home game this year, and it felt nothing like October no. outside. No, it didn't. It felt like early September outside. The two-lane game, or excuse me, the two-lane game. The two-lane game was hot last year. Yes, it was. The UTEP game was hot this year. Today wasn't as hot as that, but it wasn't that far behind, man. That yeah. was a scorcher out there. Yeah, it was so, it, was, it was warm. Uh, it was warm, no doubt, but I would have taken 115 today if it meant we yeah. uh, put up half 100. Not Tyler. I'd, we'd have to get some uh, some of our listeners uh, to hit the text line maybe to help us out here. But is this the first time in in FBS history that somebody went zero points in one week <laughs> and 52 points in the next? And over 700 yards of offense. Yeah. And actually, I saw it, it has to be some type of well, crazy and, stat. Well, how about this? So OU had 487 yards in the first half. That was the second most in yep. any half in any game in school history, trailing only the 507 game against Mizzou in the first half of 1986. A game that we so, won 77 nothing. So if you want to talk about best case scenarios for this game, best case scenarios just let's talk offense. The three turnovers, not best case scenario, but even with three turnovers, you still scored 52 points and have had over 700 yards of offense. So here's the I mean, it was a, it was a great day for the offense. It was. I, I don't expect. I don't expect these two things to repeat themselves. I don't expect 
Marvin Mims to only catch half of his targets, and I don't expect Dylan Gabriel to turn the ball over uh, going forward. So, I mean, he may have one here and there, but I I don't expect a multi-turnover game from him. So if you can clean those things up, I mean, OU wins this game going away. Yeah. Defensively, uh, look, we talked about it. They they still got got a ways to go, man. Um, Still got to do a better job on third and longs. Those were an issue at times today. Still got to do a better job against the run. KU second touchdown. They had it first and 10 at the 11-yard line. Simple off tackle, and they score easily. That wasn't a good look. Um, But they just got to do a better job of, you know, at times they got to the quarterback today. And whether it was uh, David Oplebu getting there, Isaiah Coe, um, you just got to be more consistent with it. And there were some really frustrating points defensively today where I remember Isaiah Coe getting to the quarterback, but there's a face mask yeah. there. You know? yeah. uh, Ethan Downs getting in the backfield, and they make a play on it right around the line of scrimmage, but you just like, Downs, if you make that play, that's a three-yard loss instead of a no right. gain there. So. Right. You know, even the times that they're getting in the backfield, they're not finishing the play. And uh, R. Mason Thomas, I think, had one of those yeah. plays today. But but so. they're putting themselves in the right position. Yeah, uh, I, I trust them to, you know, to finish plays at least at a higher clip. But I mean, Kansas has won games this year, man. They won five games this year. Yep. And you know, it's they were ranked. This isn't. This isn't a two-win, you know, Kansas team that, that beat Texas. This, these are not the same players, and it's I know not this, your daddy's Kansas. I know this. I know that Jalen Daniels was out, but yo, Bean can fly, man. Bean can fly, and you know, offenses that have mobile quarterbacks have definitely given us issues um, so far. So the fact that we were still able to get out of there with a win, and I'll tell you what, Tyler. One thing that I guess would have never happened this year happened today. We won the time of possession. I, I know. I, mean, I, kept, I kept staring up at it saying, like, oh, you're up two, oh, you're down two. And then, well, having that lead in the fourth quarter helped yeah, you control that, you that T.O.P., man. Yeah, man. Ha- win- winning the time of possession is not something that I had expected to happen this year. Like uh, we said, it just you, you could just tell. Everyone's got a smile on. It's just nice to get a win. Get in the win column, your first Big 12 point of the year. And I'm not going to go as far to say that, you know, the next two weeks are the most critical time of the entire season because you got games to play, right? you got Oklahoma State. Well, not next week we don't. But, but you were right. But these next two weeks are with, without – you know, they're, they're super critical. Of course. How much better can you get from today until the next time you play a game at Ames against Iowa State? That is going to tell the tale, likely, for the rest of the season because you have an opportunity here. You've got a great idea of what you are and who you are through seven games. There's no excuses with the new staff, man. I, I really want to see this team really develop throughout the course of the next two weeks. I want to see this offensive line continue to progress. Um, I'm not going to expect big things defensively moving forward. Hopefully it's a bend, not break unit. I think it's kind of what the best thing you can ask for. But let me see this offense continue to grow because that's, like we said several times already, that's what's going to have to carry you to victory. Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you what. We talked about it, uh, I think, earlier today. You've got to have playmakers. That's that's the thing. When, when, you know, the Boz was on with us, um, when the Boz was on with us, he was talking about it, Tyler. He said, Barry Switzer told me to go get him the ball. And I went and ripped the ball out. And Oklahoma gains possession. We is CJ Colden that guy for us? I mean, when you, Billy Bowman's that guy for us, but Billy Bowman's 
in street clothes right now. Yeah. So when you take away the playmakers, you don't get those momentum swinging plays. I mean, the crowd came absolutely alive when Colton comes down with that, and that is an instant momentum switch, and that changes it. That's a 14-point that's a swing. They yeah. go down score there. How, how can you not continue to play him? Because you're looking for playmakers. You're looking for guys that can make plays. Yeah. And he makes that type of play where he gets the deflection and comes out. It's the most athletic play that the defense has made this year. You've got to Might play be since him. DJ Graham's you, interception I mean, against Nebraska. You don't know if he's going to be consistent at all moving forward, but it at least showed you that, right, which is you know something defensively. You've got to play him moving forward. Yeah, you last, just have to. Last week he caught an arm punt from Quinn Ewers, who threw it backwards today to B. John Robinson on the ground, like bounced past it. That was kind of weird. But yeah. um, regardless, man, I am, uh, I'm impressed with C.J. Colden, man. He got here late. He got here late. And a lot of people thought, okay, he's going to get out there. He's got some experience, but he came from Wyoming, this, that, and the other. Well, he came in, man, and with D.J. Graham now in the wide receiver room, I kind of expect uh, I, I expect C.J. Colden to see a lot of playing yeah. time. It is crazy in Neyland Stadium right now. Balls are up 14-7, five minutes left in the first quarter. Third and 22, Bama's backed up. Bryce Young made an, an incredible individual God, play for a safety, to avoid a safety, I should say. This might be the old draw play right here, third and 22. Get yourself a little room to punt. But uh, the balls are looking the part thus far, man. They are looking uh, really good offensively, hitting on some deep balls I saw a couple of times. Uh, and, wow, Bryce Young, that might be that might be intentional yeah. grounding. Well, I thought it might be a penalty given how quarterbacks aren't allowed to be hit anymore. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Only in the NFL. Only in the NFL. Yeah, right. 405-329-9000. Give us a call. Your post-game thoughts. We'll uh, run down what's going on across the country as well coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Home Creation Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show rolls on next. Home Creation Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show. Sooners win it today 52-42 over KU. The offense really good. The defense, well, kind of more of the same, right? They, they had small um, moments in this game where they played well but still give up 42 points in this game. Going to have to outscore teams moving forward, most likely. How about this? As Tennessee has, uh, I think they're reviewing it, Tennessee has a 21-7 lead over Alabama right now. Let's go to the phone lines, 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Brian, you are on the postgame show. What's going on, Brian? Hey, gentlemen. Hey, gentlemen. I just got home, man. I'm watching the Tennessee-Bama game right now. It, it got me thinking real quick first thing. If you go back just three years ago, when you go to a, uh, would watch a Tennessee game in the stands and on the field, it was the drizzling you-know-what with Jeremy Pruitt. Here we are just three years later and look at it. With the right coach, see what could happen in just three years. Their offense has been completely transformed. And I'm hoping that our defense can in three years. Right now, I still, that pass defense is awful. Um, yeah. And the other team goes back to throw it. I just generally assume now that it will be completed. And I'll be surprised if they don't. Um, but yeah. Hey, 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 Brian, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question, Brian. It, it, and it's a good point. Like, yeah, hopefully in three years you can rebuild that defense. It's got to be harder, or maybe it's not, but is it harder to rebuild a defense to an elite level than it is an offense? Because I feel like on offense you can have – you know, two to three elite players and kind of figure it out. Defense, that doesn't seem like it's the case. So I wonder if that's more of a project than finding a really good offense. 
Well, again, it still gets down to playmakers. If you get a Dexter Lawrence in the middle, that automatically makes your defensive line better right there. And and it just branches out. If you get a stud, one stud, just one stud linebacker or one stud yeah. safety, it can change everything. You don't have to have them across the board, but have somebody at each level like we had 20 years ago. We had somebody up front. We had somebody at the linebacker. We had somebody on the back end. And surrounded them by good other good players and, you, and, you know, play functional and know how to play and look what you can get. So, you know, we don't have to be a star-studded five-star lineup on defense. We just need to get some guys in and a little bit of depth. And better days will be ahead. But, my God, we are going to have to be patient on that side of it, though. Well, thanks for the call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, Brian. Um, yeah, I mean, he's – I think that's accurate. You are a ways away from being any sort of an elite defense. and You know, we know what they need. They need better players up front, especially, man. They need a guy they need in the, the middle, horses. a dude. They need the horses. They need guys coming off the edge that can get to the quarterback consistently. They know backers. They need backers that are, you know, running things mentally on the defense. They need DBs who aren't, aren't afraid to be on island. And, and that takes more than one offseason to build for sure, but – you know what they need? Hopefully you got it with this 2023 recruiting class. Yeah, Derek LeBlanc talked about it last night after his game. He said, look, we've got the best coaching staff, uh, you know, and, and and he mentioned specifically Chavis, uh, Bates, and Venables. He said, you know, once they get their guys in, we'll be, we'll be straight. Like, the, these recruits have been communicated with. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt, look, we need our guys in. Once we get our guys in, we're going to turn this thing around. So a win today was big, and a win where you showed a lot of guys that you got some freshmen, some playing time. Uh, you know, I know that I know the defense definitely uh, would want some of those things back, but all in all, today uh, I think I think it took care of what you need to take care of. What did you think about the alternate uniforms since you saw them? We saw them in person for the first time. I'll tell you what, it is nearly impossible to read the numbers. It was, it was so hard, I mean, nearly man. impossible. It was so hard. Nearly impossible. But you know what? What did I What did I say, you know, on Wednesday? Just winning them and I don't care. Yep. We are 1-0 in the Prentice got uniforms. And I will say, despite what you've heard from some others perhaps, oh my God. Prentice Scott was not at the game uh, today. He he passed away, um, you know. About 16 years ago, about 17 years about ago. About 17 years ago. Um, so he was not at the game today, despite what you might be hearing by so, from some less informed uh, personalities. Um, but, yes, they were, uh, they were tough to read. And I made the joke. I said, man, that Unity guy, where's he been all year? He's quite the playmaker. It was funny, though, like, like you said earlier, when, you know, when Freeman made that big catch and the, half the crowd started going, Stoo! I was yelling from my seat, it's Gavin Freeman! Gavin like I was just dead or something. And, and I'll tell you game. what, man, I'll tell you what, I want Gavin Freeman to play a lot more. Yeah, man. Those, those, those I'll tell you what. Stoops might be your best third down, tough, gritty. If you got to go to the ground and get a ball, if yeah. you got to muscle out a guy and get a ball, if you just have to be the tougher player in order to get a tough catch, I'm going to Stoops all day. Yeah. If it's a quick out situation, man, give me Gavin Freeman there, man. That guy, just like we saw in his first touch that he turned into a touchdown. That guy, when you get that guy and he's already got a little head of steam, he can fly. Yeah. The tough thing for him is. 
there's some pretty good wide receivers in front of him, right? Yeah. Mims is there. Farouk is starting to emerge. You know, there, there's a couple places on this team, a couple spots on this team where you're pretty good. I think you're pretty good at running back. I think you're pretty good at wide receiver. Yeah. You're working on getting there on the offensive line. Maybe they'll get there by the end of the season. They, they played much better as of late. Yeah. Yeah, and, and quarterback, I think you're pretty good as well. So I think across the offense, you're pretty good. It's defensively, tough to, you're trying to find that It's spot. tough to judge the offensive line last week. You know, it's, it's tough. But they, they played well even they with got the a good run. Yeah, they got a good run push, which, you know, is, is really all you can ask for when you got 10 in the box against you. Um, but the offensive line, like you said, playing well, pretty good at running back, pretty good at wide receiver. Uh, I would I would almost elevate us to to not just pretty good. I think I think Mims takes you to really good at wide yeah. receiver, I, simply because I do not expect him to only catch nine of seventeen targets in the future. If you can get Mims seventeen targets a game, we will simply score more. Like that needs to be in the game plan, just yeah. like it was today. Well, I uh, you're gonna run a lot of. You're going to run out a lot of offensive plays moving forward. That's for sure, man. Um, we're going to see an offense, I, I think, that continues to go up-tempo at times. They're going to try and aid their defense, but it's going to be a fast offense that wants to go quick and take a lot of chances. And if you get that Dylan Gabriel today, if you get that Dylan Gabriel today, which he missed on a couple of throws, but again, for the most part, that may have been the best game that he's played so far. Yeah. You're talking about today or maybe Nebraska. He's for 400 yards. I mean, today or Nebraska is, and, and, and that's big, man, because, you know, let, let's remember the situation, right? He hadn't played for six quarters. He hadn't played in a couple weeks. He's coming off that head injury, and everyone that was just factoring in that he was going to play well, I think, was fair, but no one thought that he was going to play that well today. He's no. got, like, he needed, he, he needed that first half. He needed that. And he wasn't playing well right before the injury happened at TCU. And to come back and have that performance today has got to do wonders for his confidence, man. It's got to do wonders for his confidence. Oh, of course it does. Of course it does. But he still has room to grow in that. He looked good, threw 400 yards, had 69% completion percentage. Nice. Nice. Um, but you still know that he's he wants some back. But I'll tell you what, he threaded some throws into some tightly covered receivers that he, he wasn't making those throws against CCU. And if he makes all those throws against Kansas State, I mean, we're 5-2 and two right now. Yep. And, again, I you know, I don't want to, you know, if, 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 if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas it would be. But, man, there, there's some things you want to you, you want back. But, again, you feel much better about this team going forward at 4-3 and three than you would have going into the bye on a four-game losing streak. Tennessee's not going to run Alabama out of the stadium, are they? Still the first quarter. They might. I mean, the last time they got super confident against a, a crimson-clad Heisman, uh, eventual Heisman winner at that point, uh, we didn't hear from Tennessee for about a decade. So. And uh, they did have a 14-point lead in that game as well. Was it 17-3? to They did the too. So, uh, so you know, again, Baker Mayfield put them in, in a coma for about a decade. So Bryce Young, you know, he's got, he, he's got the opportunity to do it, but – this Tennessee team, man, they uh, they can score. There's no doubt. 405-329-9000 if you want to sneak in. We'll talk more about this OU win over Kansas. Look at some games across the country as well. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homo Suter fans. Home Creations, Suter Game Day wrap-up show. And what a great post-game show it is. Why? Because the Suiters win today, and they win today by double digits over the Kansas Jayhawks, 52-42. 
Maybe it should have been 59-42 because Marvin Mims did get in the end zone right before halftime. What, what am I missing there? And why don't uh, we have replay if they're not going to get it right? I don't know. I don't know. And and we and we can say, and I know some people on social media, well, well Levy can't pick up two yards. He picked up like 500 of them in the first half. Like, on, like he can't get in there and run it in. Like, that that's the thing, man. Like, we've just got to be more fair with people sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get some of that is carryover from last week. I totally get that. But when you have the second most yards in OU history in a half and and you're saying that the, the OC needs to figure out what he's doing, like, what, do you, what are you doing? I need you to figure out what you're doing. All right, back to the phone lines we go. We got Hakeem from Frisco. Hakeem, Hakeem what's, what's going up? on? You're on the postgame show. What's up, fellas, representing the, the great city of Frisco in the great state of Texas where I hate all things that are born, that are burnt orange, but I digress. Uh, God bless you, things, man. Guys. Hey, a couple things. I was there last week. I was there. I stayed to the third quarter. Then I went to go get me a Fletcher's hot dog and a catfish. What we saw today was a completely different team, especially on offense. My A uh, couple things for me. Number one, I hope that this week the coaching staff take the time out to really figure out whoever the backup quarterback is, because God God help us if Dylan Gabriel goes down. That's item number one. Yeah. Item number two, the the broadcast team today mentioned the fact how um, Brent Venables, of course, he loves his, his uh, recruiting class. He should, but he's not a big fan of the um, of the portal. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on, is he 100% for what we know of all about um, the uh, recruiting and, and no portal? Because, as they mentioned, you're going to have to fill in some gaps, and we've got some big gaps right now with some guys from the portal, whether it's a D-tackle that we need, some, some shutdown corners. So let me get your thoughts on both those points, man. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, Hakeem. Um, well, I think they're going to have to be a player in the portal because I think that they're going to have guys that leave to go to the portal. I mean, you're going to have spots to fill, and you don't have a 50, you don't have a 50 person recruiting. You don't have class. a 50 person recruiting class to fill that. And, and and he did take he did take some players via the portal this year, right? You got TD Roof, CJ Colden, Trey Jeffrey Morrison. Johnson, Trey Morrison. Yeah. I mean, a lot of your defense right now is from the portal. So and. And to be honest, C.J. Colden might look like your best corner right now. Um, just, just, again, I don't want to put everything wrapped up into these two picks, but he's played well otherwise. So I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm out of bounds by saying that. But I do think what they were probably referring to was he prefers to develop high school kids, which I think you would probably say for every coach in the Absolutely. country not named Lincoln yeah. Riley. So he'd rather, because he trusts his development, he would rather – get guys from high school because he can develop them for longer term. Yeah. Guys out of the portal, they don't usually have for, you know, five years, right? I mean, so with that, I think they will be active in the portal. I do think that we will be successful in the portal because I think I think they'll have clear – keep in mind, they were looking at the portal last year and going, hey, look at what we did at other schools and what we might want to do here. Do you want to come play for us? This time they can bring tape with them and say, hey, you need to play right here. You see how you're better than this guy right here? I need you here. And they'd be like, oh, it's going to be a lot more clear. So I do think we're more successful in the portal getting getting tributors this year. But 
Brent Venables is a guy who prefers high school because he trusts the development. I don't know if you're going to see necessarily, you know, 25 portal players come in, but I do think you're going to see portal players probably at every level of the defense. I think you'll see some DBs come in. I think you'll see some backers come in. And I think you're going to see some defensive line come in. Now, we all know that they need a big-time 300-plus dude on the inside that can really go. But there's not really a whole lot of those readily available in the transfer portal every single year unless A&M has some guys that enter into the portal after the season. So you're going to have some portal guys defensively, without a doubt, 100%. Offensively, well, that's kind of the more interesting thing to me is do you go out and do you find a portal quarterback? I think there's a chance of that. It all depends like how the starting quarterback position next year is viewed depends solely on how Dylan Gabriel looks for the rest of the year. Yeah. If, he, if he plays like he did today, then I think he's your starter going into next season. But if he reverts back to, you know, maybe what he looked like uh, in other points this year, then maybe you got to go get a, a portal quarterback. Maybe you get one regardless. But I, I do expect there's to be a lot of guys leaving and, you know, a decent number of guys coming in too. Yeah, but I, I, don't, think, I don't think you go portal for a quarterback because you will have Evers and Jackson Arnold. You know, there next year, what does that do to your quarterback recruiting with maybe a Mike Hawkins Jr. in the future? This this seems like, you know, Lincoln was taking quarterbacks every other year, and that was his style. But that's how you end up in this situation like this yeah. if you're Oklahoma. So with that, I think you continue to take a quarterback every year. And I think a, a room next year of – I do think Dylan's your starter next year because, again, today's Dylan is what I saw a lot of the time at UCF. When, when we knew he was going to be a starter, obviously a lot of OU fans went back and watched him. This is who he was. I mean, hitting the throws, in rhythm, getting in Levy's rhythm offense with that speed. I think you stick with him. And if he can put up, keep in mind, Tyler, if he can put up 35 a game, I'm not even asking for 52. If he can put up 35 a game and Venables gets his guy in, guys in on defense and develops the guys on defense – then 35 is going to win you a lot of ball games. But then you have Jackson Arnold and Nick Evers in there and General Booty, and you're like, okay, I think I think we're I think we're good there because I think a freshman Jackson Arnold might might have started OU Texas. Yeah. Best case scenario, clearly, is you don't have to go to the portal for a quarterback. And Dylan Gabriel just plays great the rest of the year, and he's your starter going into next year. And Jackson Arnold's your backup, battling it out with Nick Evers, whatever. That's best-case scenario, clearly. But is today what the norm is going to be the rest of the year for Dylan Gabriel? I hope so. But if it's not, it is if they get in rhythm. I think if the run games, I think if the run game is the threat, and you get in that good rhythm, and wide receivers are catching the ball, he did have some. They had some drops today that I'm sure they'd want back. But yeah, I think this is. I think this is closer to what. I think this is closer to what you're going to get long-term from Dylan as I opposed so. to what you saw at TCU. And if it is, then that's your guy going into next year. Yeah. That's your guy. And Jackson Arnold's your backup quarterback or Nick Evers, you know, whatever. They'll sort that thing out. But right. I think best-case scenario is that Gabriel really turns it on and he's your dude in 2023. I and agree. then 2024, probably Jackson Arnold's year, right? Yeah. Even though Gabriel's still got two more years of eligibility yeah. after this year, so we'll see what happens. Let's do this before we hit a break. Um, again, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's open as always. 405-651-3439 if you want to hop in there. Connor, let's do this. Read us about three or four texts in a row before we hit a break. 
All right, we got one. Uh, Drake Stoops is one of the few on this team playing with heart. Y'all need to include him in the best players on this team. He saved our tails multiple times. Um, okay, I mean, I don't think he's the only one playing with heart. I, I don't think effort's been an issue this year. And, yeah, yeah I mean, not on offense. Tip of the cap to Drake Stoops. He's had an incredible year and an incredible career, and he does play with a lot of passion. You can tell he really cares. I saw that from Gavin Freeman today. I see that from a lot of guys. So, yeah, I mean, he's not one of your three best players. Yeah, he's not one of your three best players, but I, I, I don't want to be misconstrued by any means. We're, we're Drake Stoops fans here on yeah, on, K, sure. on, K, on the post-game show especially. We're Drake Stoops fans. Um, I, I think he's your most reliable, big-time, third-down, fourth-down guy, makes the tough catches, everything like that. I think it's a bit unfair to, to, to say that he's the only guy playing with any heart. Um, but, but no, we, we love us some Drake Stoops. There's no doubt about it. Read, but, us, a, read us a couple more, Connor. Uh, from the 405, offensive turnovers didn't help the defense either. This game could have easily been 77 to 28. This was huge. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we, we talked about that. We, I don't expect Dylan, who hadn't turned the ball over all year, to have multiple turnovers going forward. I mean, Mims quit on a route at one point, maybe some miscommunication, and the other, you fumble it on kind of an option. I mean, that's Again, that's kind of freak stuff. I don't expect that to, to go forward. But, yes, I do think the defense likely played better than 42 points. The defense might have played as good as maybe 35 points. How about one more, Connor? Yeah, pretty similar to earlier. Uh, but from the 918, we gave up 14 points off turnovers and still won by 10 points. I think the defense played better than the score reflected. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you, know who, you know who wishes his team was playing better? Nick Saban. Oh, my gosh, they're playing so bad right now. Uh, yeah, he just, oh. he just had they they just had a punt oh. and uh, Alabama is rolling on the ground. An Alabama player tries to think he's a little slick, go and pick up the ball and he fumbles it. Tennessee ball now up multiple scores. They get the ball in good field position, and uh, yeah, Nick Nick's head almost exploded on live television. Yikes! All right, four zero five three two nine nine thousand. You want a phone call? Uh, 405-651-3439 is the text line. We got one final hour of post-game coverage coming up next from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Final hour of our post-game coverage live at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Hope Creation Shooter Game Day wrap-up show. As uh, overall, it was a good day in Norman. Some stressful defense at times. But OU uh, never trailed in the game. Never trailed once in the game. Our first lead since Nebraska. First lead in conference play this year. I wore my same hoodie uh, that I had rolled up on the hot day in Nebraska, so I'm not going to say I was the reason, but well, I can't confirm that I wasn't. And you wore your uh, OG hat today. I did wear the bucket hat today. You know, I've got it hanging off my neck right now because it doesn't work well with the uh, with the headset, but I did wear the bucket hat for the first time this year. I was getting desperate, man. We looked, we looked bad know, last week. Desperate for anything. And 10-point win. You know what's funny is I, I feel like there's still a little bit of hesitancy. You know, oh, you only beat Kansas by 10 points. And, you know, you, you had over 700 yards of offense and you only won by 10 points. I guess look at it this way. You beat a top 20 team by 10 points today. That, that was Coming a 19, off a three-game losing That straight. was a 19th-rate KU team. Tyler, I mean, Tyler, that's a good point because – I, I've already just on my just on my tweets. You get some troll OSU fans and whatnot in there about my tweets about like Eric Gray having you know his big first half, and people are like, Psh, Kansas, bro, Kansas is a five two team. 
Like, they hosted game day this year, and they're ranked. Like, if any other team on a blind resume, blind resume, and, oh, backup quarterback, I don't want to hear it. Bean started for them last year and almost beat us, and he threw for four touchdowns That's last not week. your typical backup like, quarterback. Like, stop he, it. He started 10 games stop last Stop it. Yeah, stop it. So, oh, it's just Kansas. If I would have blind resume this thing, Tyler, and said, hey, you know what? Coming off of uh, the most historically embarrassing Texas loss of all time, we've got a ranked team. Everybody would have been like, hammer the ranked team. You know, like, and we win comfortably. We, we, we win comfortably. I know it was a 10-point game, but we we had control of that game uh, once, once it was probably, what, 21-7 yeah. we had control. So, you know, again, you can you can say, oh, it was against Kansas. Kansas is good this year, folks. I don't know. I don't know if you just started watching football today, but you did notice a little number next to their name. Uh, Kansas is pretty good at football this year. I'll tell you who else is pretty good at football this year. It's the Tennessee Volunteers. I tell you what, man. I tell you what. They are up twenty-eight to ten. Teddy, Teddy's somewhere Bama. dancing. Don't blow this lead. Nobody's happier than Don't than, blow this lead. Nobody's happier than, than Teddy Lehman right now. So Peyton Manning was the guest picker today on college game day. And I guess there's been a thing to where he's all these games that he's gone to recently, Tennessee has lost. And someone asked him about it. I think it was Greg McElroy. Asked him about it this week and he was like, Yeah, it's totally my fault that, you know, Tennessee lost to Georgia State. It's not because Tennessee has just been bad over the course of the past you know, seven eight years it's my fault that i actually show up you know you, you know what has the exact same effect as peyton manning does sitting in the stands at a tennessee game alternate uniform oh yeah <laughs> yeah they don't make you win they don't make you lose but i tell you what they were sharp looking but we can we can pack these away until next year man yeah. I, I, you, I, you can't see anything it's so hard. It's, I mean, it really I was like, is. thank God RSJ's got a towel hanging from his, you know, well, right butt cheek. You know. I, I can differentiate him at that point. I mean, the, the big point of the day about that was the Gavin Freeman catch, and half of the crowd yelled, Stoo! Yeah, exactly. You, know, you could, I mean, you really couldn't tell. I mean, you can. You could tell, but you really couldn't right. tell who it was, you know. Right. You see white receiver, and you're like, oh, well, clearly Drake Stoops. As if we haven't been seeing Drake Stoops play football here for years, and we don't know, you know, what he looks like on a football field. Yeah. But um, not not to say that he's not awesome. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want the text line getting after us again because we do love ourselves some Drake Stoops. But again, man, on, on that drive, you have Gavin Freeman, boom, big catch, get you down the field, and then who scores the touchdown? Javante Barnes, couple true freshmen in there, you know, making making big time plays for you, and really shouldering the load on that touchdown drive. I am excited about the future talent on this team, Tyler. Yeah, it looked really good, man. Uh, Georgia's up 28-0 over Vandy. 55 seconds left in the second quarter. Like we said, Tennessee all over Bama. 28-10 with 11 and a half minutes left in the second quarter. What? Tennessee's got 28 points and there's 11 and, well, there's 9.45 left in the second quarter now. This oh, well, I would say this ain't your daddy's uh, Alabama defense yeah. uh, right here, but it's not. Even, it's, this isn't your older brother's Alabama defense. OSU up 24-7 at TCU, six minutes left in the second quarter. Oklahoma State's looked really good Spencer so Sanders far today. is playing. He started the scoring off with two, count them, two rushing touchdowns. Penn State, they do what they do in a big game. They lose. Yep. They lose. Michigan all over Penn State in Ann Arbor, 41-17. 
Ole Miss over Auburn, 48-34. I'll be interested to see if they fire Brian Harson over the weekend, Auburn. Because we're, yeah, I took Ole Miss uh, to cover that pretty heavy. We, um, we're seeing now more than ever, earlier and earlier, head coaches are getting fired. And if you're a coach on the hot seat and you don't have a highly ranked recruiting class, you're gone, buddy. And Auburn yeah. doesn't have a you highly have ranked recruiting You have to have something class. in your back pocket, yeah. right? You have to have an ace up your sleeve. A little bit of leverage, we call that. A little bit of Jimbo. Yep, and you say, hey, look, you can't fire me right now. And and that's, okay, That that's what's so silly about all these fools that are talking about firing Brent Venables after year one. You realize what kind of bad position we would be in after firing Venables it's, in year one? You would lose your entire recruiting class. And the next guy in wouldn't be able to build it for anything. It's what? You, well, we just saw it. Maybe it's an Oklahoma problem. Maybe it's this, that, or the other. You lose the number three ranked class in the country, you get rid of BB. Like I, it's I just sorry I had to I had to get that off my chest because the people that are still oh man BB I don't know man this BB defense can't hold anybody I don't want to hear it. Well, just God have a little bit of patience and no I'm not happy nobody's happy about the way the season's gone up to this point but let let's see man let's see the final uh, five games of the regular season if they can pull something together and uh, end up with you know. Eight wins on the year. We'll see. Bama trying to start a little bit of a comeback here. They got the ball down 28-10. Bryce Young with a big completion, and Bama is inside the 15-yard line. And C.J. Stroud is your Heisman favorite right now by a wide margin. But if Hinton Hooker wins today, it's a really close one-two, you know, one-two horse race. But if Bryce Young can come back from a 28-10 deficit. And we always look for a reason Man. not to give it to, you know, the reigning winner. That, that, that'll be this a would be a Heisman moment. It really would Heisman be. Heisman moment is it a really term that be. you hear often. Heisman moment. And this could be uh, this could be it. But I'll tell you what, man, that Bama defense has got to show up. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. mean, Bryce Young can put on his, his cape, but this may not be within his control if Bama plans on giving up 100 points. And I'm surprised because I thought Bama with the pass rushers that they had this year, led by Will Anderson. Dallas Turner, their linebacker yeah. was incredible, yeah. man. What's happening with them? You know, and, and this has kind of been the case over the course of the past few years, hasn't it? And Has- I know Colin Hashtag Cole- Fire Saban? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, please. Please fire <laughs> Saban. Please fire please, Saban. Please, please, please. Oklahoma fire defensive Saban. analyst Nick Saban. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's – They've kind of slipped defensively, and I know college football's changed, right? But they're just not the same, the same Bama deep. Like college football's changed, but Georgia had an elite defense last he's year. He's had trouble with these kind of offenses before, though, when he's gone yeah. up against them. But to your point, yes, um, he, he's had to evolve because the game has evolved, and that's part of what makes it Saban's dominance so impressive. Is he continues to just evolve with the game and just run whatever he wants. If, the, if it's going to the, you know, power spread and all this, he can go that way. He can almost always do man-to-man because his players are good enough to cover any receivers. Like, it's really impressive, man. It's sickening to see all these KU fans with their national championship shirts walking around here. Yeah. And, like, dude, don't wear an Avante Graham basketball jersey. I mean, come on. You're 5-1. It- and one, You're ranked in the top 20. <laughs> buy a football shirt, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, not God. e- we're not even asking you to buy a $149.99 you know, football jersey. Buy a shirt. Just don't wear a basketball jersey to the sure. football game. It was game, game day, la- what, two weeks ago? Y- last week. Last week. Last I week. guarantee you they were giving away shirts. You God. can't wear – you can't get a free shirt 
and then wear it to the OU game. You got to wear basketball. Wear a generic KU Jayhawks t-shirt, bro. The only uh, I would have accepted like a Mario Chalmers. I like those. Maybe a Perry Ellis, if you want to go complete throwback. Uh, but, but, bro, I mean, you, you your football team's good. Invest the nine dollars and ninety nine cents at the right. at the KU bookstore. And get yourself a shirt that just says KU football. But to be fair, I do see OU fans wearing football jerseys at basketball games. <laughs> you see OU it fans happens. at basketball games? Well, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> good point. 405-329-9000 if you want to sneak in here. 405-651-3439 is the Air Conference Solutions text line. With more of your text, more of this OU-KU game on the other side. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Game show with K Ref. We're here at Yo Pablo, live as we are every home post game. Um, man, we're right up front, dialed in, man. Would yeah. you come in, say hi, give us a high five or a fist bump, or, or you know, got a lot of those. So pick far. your poison, maybe a, a wave, you know. Um, yeah, yeah so start the wave in here. It's a, it's not that kind of wave. I'm, I'm anti wave. I don't know. It's, I know that that may be, you know, not, not received well but I'm, I'm not a wave at a sporting event guy what about you Tyler no I'm not a wave uh, I will like halfway do it just to not be that guy that I'm not totally standing just, up yeah I'll, I'll like throw my arms halfway up but that's yeah not, that's about I mean if if, if if I'm already standing up I'll, I'll throw one arm in there or something but if I'm sitting down I'll go two hands in the air now are you a proponent of throwing the visiting football at the stadium in the north end I'm not zone. a square. <laughs> I'm not a square. It was great execution it. today. By it was, you know what, they came to play. Yeah. Especially because over on that one side is where all the KU fans were. So this wasn't a situation where it was just, you know, friendly all the way up. You actually had to you had to actually get, some, get a game plan in there today because you couldn't throw it to anybody wearing blue. KU, uh, a KU fan tried to intercept it, but it looked like their defense today. I tell you what, not a whole lot of resistance. I tell you what, our uh, our defense early on they had dropped a couple, and I I joked on Twitter about getting them a jugs machine for Christmas, and then they come up with two interceptions. Yep. So uh, and, guess, and by far the, the best interception we've seen since DJ Graham. Since DJ Graham, absolutely, and the time before that was Uguebu. and that's the thing, athleticism, playmaking, we need it on the defense. Hopefully, again, guys like RSJ, I t- man, I, I came out of my seat, jumped up whenever RSJ planted bean, uh, as some people uh, alluded to on Twitter. Good farming jokes there about planting bean. Well, he, uh, I, I'm just looking at his numbers. He had a really good day. Yes. 16 to 27 for 265, four touchdowns and two interceptions. And, of course, he had a good day, right? I know I can hear everyone right now. Well, he's Played a backup quarterback. He should have a good game against the team that makes every backup quarterback look like Joe Burrow. Played against the OU defense, and they had 42 points today. But Speaking of good. Joe Burrow, Tyler, I said, I said this before the game uh, to uh, I think it was I think it was over at the Sooner Football Fans tailgate. You remember when Joe Burrow got his lights turned out uh, in that big hit? I believe was it Utah State or something like that, where he got hit along the sideline, like the biggest so, hit Joe Burrow's ever took in his career at LSU. Um, unfortunately, I remember another hit. So it wasn't really a hit. Is when he was playing at Mississippi State, and a Mississippi State defender grabbed the back of his pants 
and his, uh, his butt yeah. might have been shown in the middle of the game. Yeah. Well, with that hit, you know, you can pretty much dial back Joe Burrow's career to that hit because yeah. he was a middling quarterback oh, before that. Oh, no, it was, uh, I think it was in the UCF game, right, in the Fiesta Bowl? UCF, yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, Utah yeah, State. No, I, yeah, he got hit, in the, uh, in the, and I think they were down maybe at that point, and then he was a Bad hit, and he was that. out. Yeah. And then, hey, I mean, again, sunshine pumping warning, so if you are anti-sunshine pumping, you might need to turn down the dial for the next four seconds. But maybe that uh, maybe that little big, big hit that I'll Dylan took. It is the one that triggered something in his brain that said, oh, guess what? Now all of a sudden you hit all those tight window throws for the rest of your career. I'll take it, man. Hey, you know, hey, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Something to be said. Um, Oklahoma State and TCU. TCU's got the ball in the Oklahoma State 25. 34 seconds left. They're about to go to half. I mean, it'd be big if TCU could rally from 24-7 down to make it a touchdown deficit going into halftime. So the Frogs got that chance here. Again, with 28 seconds left, and the ball's at the Oklahoma State uh, 31-yard line. But Texas today, you, you talk about a team that got fortunate today, it's the University oh of Texas. They were, trailing, they were trailing in the fourth quarter. They go down and get a touchdown on a fourth and goal for the three. And then you showed me a play today where Iowa State just dropped a wide-open touchdown. They dropped a win. They dropped a win. They dropped a win. I mean, that guy, if he catches that ball, he's likely scoring to put him up four with two minutes left. And Quinn had not looked good. This is a situation where Texas has to lean on the run game. And and, and that's the thing. The quarterbacks get the shine. I totally get that. And maybe Oklahoma is some of this. Obviously, Dylan threw 400 yards today. But that run game today was massive. Yeah. And when you have B. John Robinson back there, hand the damn ball off. So, I mean, Texas might not get out of there with a win. He catches that ball. I mean, I, I still think that Texas will lose two or three more games down the stretch because I agree. the rest of their schedule is brutal, dude. They got to go to Oklahoma State. They got to go to Kansas State. That's their next two games, man. Maybe the two best teams in the conference. Yeah, that's good. at OSU at Kansas. State. Both on the road. That's tough. You man. go one and one on that stretch. I think you got to be happy. For and I'll tell you what, OSU and Kansas State. When they talk about, they hate Texas and really OU, but. The opportunity to maybe host them for the last time in conference play, man, those crowds are going to be brutal. Texas is at OSU. They're at Kansas State. TCU at home at Kansas, and then Baylor at home. That's a team that's losing at least another couple of games. They're a seven and five, eight and four team, I think, at the end yeah. of the year. Maybe. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. You know, it's so funny to you know to especially TCU fans, but OSU fans. Man, they're so mad at the at the guys on TV. Everybody, the media, they're saying, they're saying, uh, well, Texas has two losses and they're getting in the conversation about getting to the playoff. OSU sitting here undefeated and not getting a word said I know. about. Them. I know, man. <laughs> That's what because you're in the new twelve, little bro. Ain't nobody care about y'all. OSU looks good, man, so far this year. Yeah, they do. And they're showing it again today. We'll they're see gonna win they a can, lot of games. We'll see if they can close it out against TCU or not. But they're. Um, they're playing well. It looks like TCU still still has the ball. I think look, they just took a timeout with 28 seconds left. They have it at the OSU 31 yard line. Yeah. Bama and Tennessee. What Tennessee's? Um, Tennessee's about to punt. Tennessee's about to punt. I mean, on you 46. look. You look at. Uh, you look at this game, and I believe I could be wrong. They may be kicking a field goal. I maybe saw them on the other side of the field. Either way, it's fourth and six for Tennessee. 28-17, and it looks like they're keeping the offense on the field. Wow. This could be a big turn if Alabama can score 
Bryce Young can pull off some magic with nearly three minutes left in the first half. You got a ball game here in uh, Nayland. Fourth and six, yeah, man. If uh, Tennessee picks this one up, oh, buddy, they're in business. And they overthrew him. Just missed a touchdown. Sorry for everybody that had your radio up. I know that was a little loud from me. Man. Uh, Hopefully you're not bleeding from the ears. But we got a good one in the SEC. Our future conference, our SEC brethren are uh, are – are locked in a good one. This day has not disappointed so far. You no. know, I mean, because it was such a – and we got more to come still, you know, late, later on this afternoon and into tonight. But you had uh, you had so many great matchups going into this weekend. And this Bama-Tennessee game, Tennessee's got an 11-point lead. It's going to be a close finish. Oklahoma State and TCU, I think, is going to be a fun finish. Texas almost gets beat today at home. Michigan-Penn State was close for a while, and then Michigan really pulled away from that game. But if you're an OU fan, you're saying, who cares about the other games? we got to win today for the first time this year in conference. If, if you're an OU fan, you may say, who cares about the other games? we got a first one in conference. But you may quietly be tuning in to the uh, Utah-USC game tonight to see if uh, the Utes can hand USC their first loss because uh, USC is one of the few teams this year to not have played a ranked opponent yet. So we'll see. I will not be quietly tuning into that game. I will be loudly. <laughs> loudly. But here's the thing, Tyler. <clears throat> you know, I, I get, you know, I've got this opinion on 11 a.m. games. I typically prefer them on the road because I know that 11 a.m. games are really bad for hosting recruits. But let me tell you, um, I really enjoyed uh, winning this today so then we could watch the rest of the games tonight that are stress-free. What, I yeah. like I like that, a little stress-free viewing. Yeah, I, I'm just going back through the stats again. OU was 16 to 21 on third down today. 16 of 21 on third down. And they were 16 of 19, Are you really, me? going going down that stretch. Oh, my gosh. 16 of 21 on third downs, one for one on fourth down. KU is 5 and 11 on third down. Defense still got to be a little bit better with that. But offensively, if you're 16 to 21, oh, buddy, wow. And almost 300 yards of rushing, 298 on the ground, 403 on the air, 701 total yards today. And the first half today – was the second most in school history in a half. That's how explosive they were today, especially in the first half today. Uh, it, it, it didn't take them long. did not take them long at all to get started offensively. OU's 487 yards in the first half were the second most in any game in school history, trailing only the 507 yards gained against Missouri in the first half in 1986. In a game they won 77-0. And here's yeah. the thing. Don't focus on the two yards that Levy didn't get on the ground. Focus on the 298 of me did. Crazy, crazy. All right, we'll take another time out here. We got our uh, we got our eyes across all the game on all the games across the country. Alabama threatening to score right before halftime. What a win that would be if Bama could get a touchdown before the half and take this into a 28-24 game in the locker room. That would be a huge, huge momentum swing for Alabama. If they can do that, of course, we're keeping an eye on Oklahoma State and TCU as well. Pokes are playing good once again. Um, TCU looks like they get a field goal with just a couple of seconds remaining in the half. So the Pokes are going to go up 11, 24-13 into the halftime break in Fort Worth. We'll keep you updated on everything that's going on across the Big 12 and across the country as well. we only got a couple more segments remaining on this Saturday. So join us, won't you? 405-329-9000. 
Uh, give us a call there. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next right here on the Home Creation Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show. It is the ref. Home Creation Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show. Live on the ref, we are the homeless Sooner fans. Yo Pablo on Campus Corner is where we're hanging out today, just like every other home postgame show as Alabama is trying to score before the half. They're down 28-17 on Rocky Top. Somehow that wasn't targeting on Brett. Yeah, how was that not targeting? I have no idea, man. That was blatant. I have no idea, man. Wow. A little home cooking over there in the volunteer Uh, state. Yeah, a little bit more than just home cooking, man. That's, that's, That's crazy, man. Uh, 405-651-3439. Um, Connor, you want to read a couple texts here? We got anything back in the studio? Yeah, let's do it. Someone yeah, said my wife uh, my wife stayed home because she was not feeling good. I told her she can't come back to a game. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Whatever you yeah. wore today, whatever, whatever hey, worked today. It's a, new day with, it's a new day with the superstitions. Wear it in two weeks <laughs> when you play Iowa State, man. From, uh, from the 918. Our defense obviously needs work, but if we would uh, honestly be nice, it was just on occasion, we could hold teams to a field goal. We must be one of the worst in the country in the red zone. Uh, I don't know the numbers on that. They feel like they're one of the worst. I think they were they were tied they were tied for sixty six, but that was coming in that was coming in before hey, this game. Bad. That before might be this your game, best defensive statistic is uh, sixty six. That's something. It's Gotta some, love that. It's something. We got more? Uh, yeah, one second. Let's see. Uh, I think that's about it. We, we really haven't had much that came in. Where is everybody? 405. Because we won. It's because we won, Connor. <laughs> I'm surprised. It has. Wait, Roger doesn't live in L.A. anymore. Well, yeah. He says he moved to Texas. Oh, did he really? Yeah, okay. he's, he I said I didn't know he moved, if he said he moved there or he I, was just there. Okay. I think he moved I think Last he week. moved to Texas. But you know what? Roger, he's harsh but he's fair. Yeah. He he gives some firm uh, analysis and uh, you know, he would he would torch the defense a bit in his analysis today and they would deserve it. But uh, but yeah, hopefully Roger's okay. Hopefully if he's listening, he's having a a great Saturday, I believe, somewhere in Texas, but we miss you, buddy. 28-20, Tennessee over Alabama. Tied. Which, which is a no big goal. win for Alabama, man. Tennessee. Oh, to go down one crowd, score at half Crowds line? into yes. it. Crowds yeah. into it. They're hooking up, you know, on, on downfield plays. They get, they get a big special teams play on an inexplicable fumble by Alabama. Alabama's too disciplined to do stuff like that. Um you do that and you're only down one score, Alabama's going to the locker room stoked, no doubt, if you man. ask me. No doubt. Um, OU today, this offense, in terms of a response that you were looking for, they had the three turnovers, sure. Um, but that, I, I don't know how you could ask for much more. Over 700 yards today, they got sorted fast, they got sorted often, they really kind of controlled the tempo and the pace of the game. I think you got to be really happy and you know optimistic about this offense moving forward. The run game, the run game has gotten better, and the run game was not great early in the year. And I don't think that this offensive line is necessarily close to being elite, but this offensive line is playing pretty good football here as of late. They're playing a lot better football I, yeah, here. Yeah, man, of late. I think they are. And and, and and you know what? Maybe more than any other group or position on the team. 
maybe offensive line is the one that's grown the most over the past month. I would agree with that because it's a unit that needs cohesion, right? It's a unit that needs cohesion. You know, they were out Wanye for a little bit. Um, you know, you, you, you've been injury, non-injury, how we doing? Like, you got Guyton kind of bouncing around, filling in different places. Obviously, Sexton getting in. Uh, but they're, they're starting to find their groove. And I'll tell you what, it's a good time. You go into the bye week, you can you clean up some of those turnovers. You maybe get, again, some of those young guys, some more defensive reps. And uh, I th- I'm excited about the Iowa State game, man. Let's go ahead. Come on, man. Let's kick it off here. Let's do a night game, 7 o'clock. See you guys uh, back in Gaylord. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Hey, you got an opportunity these next two weeks to really get better as a team. Um, offensive line, we talked about them. They, they, they got a great chance over the next couple of weeks to uh, really assert themselves as one of the more, you know, better ends, I guess, of your football team, yeah. better, you know, bit bigger strengths of your football team. This defense got a long way to go. And, and, and I think today is a pretty good indication of what the rest of the games are going to look like. Yes, there were stretches where the defense played well. And honestly, like, a, a stretch where they played well, Travis, the defense gives up two touchdowns to start the game. But from there until... That easy touchdown they let up right before the half to yep. Kansas. That stretch right there, which was basically what a quarter and a half. Yeah, they played pretty good ball. They really did, and like I said, it wasn't perfect, but it was it was a lot better. Yeah, uh, like I like I said, the the last time we had back to back three and outs, the Queen was watching it. Um, no kidding. And and it was nice to get that in. And again, the physicality. I mean, and if you got to if you want to question Bean at all. Um, oh. I mean, that guy ran away from Danny Stutzman. And I know Stutzman's had some rough weeks, as has the whole defense, but Stutzman's got some wheels, enough to run down most quarterbacks in this league. And uh, that guy, he took off, and and Stutzman made some big plays, got off some blocks that he wasn't getting off in the past. Uh, I I think it's... I think it's, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, nut-cutting time for this defense. And I think a lot of the players are realizing, hey, they're about to put in a lot of freshmen. Yep. If I want to continue to play and be part of the future of this defense, i got to step up. Eric Gray had his best game in an OU uniform. Uh, he had three turnovers. Dylan Gabriel may have had his best game in an OU uniform. Just with the situation coming back after that injury and how he played today. Like I, like I said, he got that Joe Burrow switch yeah. now. I don't know if he's going to uh, – I don't know if he's going to go on to win the Heisman and uh, win a national championship next year or anything like that, but so, I'll tell you what. So am I optimistic about the offense moving forward? Of course, and I think most people are as well. But at right. the same time, you kind of acknowledge they're going to have to be really good moving forward if they're going to turn this season into an eight-win year because this defense is this defense is what it is, man. And, and they are allowed to get better like every other position group, but I just don't think that they're ever going to turn into a – into a unit where you count on them to win a football game. Um, whatever you do the rest of the way is going to have to be on the back of your offense. As you're showing me a tweet from Jackson Arnold that says 700 yards of offense <laughs> with the uh, closing eyes emoji there. Jackson Arnold took notice of what happened today. Yeah, and I, I promise you, uh, all these rumors about Jackson Arnold uh, visiting North uh, Notre Dame for the Clemson game that Tom Loy uh, had reported a, a, a Texas source told him. Um, Jack, Jackson Arnold and Brandon Drum reached out to him. Uh, Jackson Arnold said that he's not even considering going to that game. A&M's after him. Notre Dame's after him. Here's the thing. There's a lot of, after the David Hicks incident, a lot of people have PTSD, which is understandable. It's totally a big-time commit that we lose out in the last 40 minutes of his, of his recruitment. 
And Jimbo and Marcus Freeman are both begging Jackson Arnold to come to their schools. And he's he's saying, no, you know what? Not only am I locked in with Oklahoma, he came up to this game to try and recruit Caden McDonald, who he, who he played Little League ball with back in Georgia when Jackson was there. Yeah. He is here recruiting for OU, using his ties, everything like that, to try and bring those guys here. That's not a guy that's looking to go to AM. That's not a guy that's looking to go to Notre Dame. So let's go ahead and shut all that down here. One final segment of our home creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Up show. OU won a game today, and they did it by double digits. And the offense had 700 points. The defense didn't play all that well, but who cares? OU won today. Now Oklahoma State's playing well. Please let the Utah Utes beat USC tonight. And uh, I guess I don't have a preference on the Alabama-Tennessee game. I locked Alabama minus seven, but who cares? Whatever's best, whatever's best for college football, let it happen tonight. Chaos. Which is probably Alabama. Chaos is best for college football. Yeah. And and here and here's the thing. Ahead of us, outside of the Big Twelve, I don't particularly care what happens. To be honest, I basically the rest of the time will root for um, probably the teams that we're battling for the top recruits to, to struggle. So yeah. I'll root against A&M, mostly because I just can't stand A&M, but secondly, obviously, for a guy like Peyton Bowen. Um, I'll, I'll, root, uh, I'll root against probably Clemson, who's our biggest competition, uh, for uh, Kane McDonald. Uh, you know, stuff like that. you got to find different motivations. Or, Tyler, I will just gamble, and that will help me root like for that. the higher-end teams because – the, the, a lot of the stuff going on in the top ten right now won't largely affect Oklahoma. Um, but I'm telling you what, man, we got we got a crowd around us. Miss Jade, who works here at Yo Pablo, is even getting in on the action. Already getting in on the action. All right. It's a festive time, man. After an OU win, it's like we forgot what it feels like. Well, it's like two hours after the OU win, and now uh, people, well, you know, you get some alcoholic beverage in you out here, and uh, everyone's feeling really good about things. Feeling really good about the offense. 36 first downs, 16 of 21 on third down today. And there were 16 of 19, like, when yeah. I was coming down to do postgame. I mean, it really yeah. an impressive. 701 total yards, 403 through the air, 296, uh, excuse me, 298 on the ground on 57 rushes. And, you know, one thing that you and I were, you know, very we, – we, we hammered this offensive line a little bit after the Kent State game because there were actually really the Kansas State game because there were a few drives where they had some momentum, they were going, and then a five-yard offsides penalty, you know, really killed the drive. And we said that night, man, this offense, this O-line got to do a better job. They got to clean stuff up like that, uh, stuff like that up. They've they done a good job with that, man. The, the offensive line, for the most part, played penalty-free. Like, here's the thing. I like that we're using terms like clean up now. Yeah. Because cleanup is just uh, a little tweak here, tweak there. It's not like, oh, my God, we need wholesale changes because something screwed up. I do want to bring up one thing. So Eli uh, Letterman, 
goes ahead and tweets out. Uh, he's a beat writer for the Tulsa World. Shout out 918. Um, he tweets out a video of, uh, I believe, uh, it's, yeah, it's Damon Harmon's uh, Instagram. And BV is dancing in a circle after hey. the first win. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to pause it real quick. You know who that is right next to Brett Venables? Is that Todd Bates? Caden McDonald. Caden McDonald. Oh, I thought you were talking about the four-star defensive oh, lineman yeah, right there. Okay, yeah. Four-star defensive well, lineman. Caden like McDonald. He looked like a coach. Yeah, he's a big old boy. Yeah, he a big he old boy. Three hundred plus pounds. Yeah, Caden McDonald is front row yeah. in the locker room dancing with Brent Venables post game. I think that visit's going pretty well, Tyler. All right, before we wrap this up, final thoughts before we get out of here. Uh, my final thoughts are: let the offense win shootouts the rest of the year and develop young talent on defense in the, in, in Venables' scheme. That's that's what I want to see the rest of the year. My final thoughts are, you know, you won the game, which is the most important. You won the game by double digits. But offensively, I expected a good output offensively, but not like that, man. You know, defensively, that's, I'm not all that surprised. But offensively, they were, they were really good today. They were really good today offensively. Yes. And they were really good offensively today, even with three turnovers, which maybe makes somehow – the day even more impressive offensively, right? That you had three turnovers. Yes. You still had over 700 what? yards of offense. And that was the thing, man. You, you get points. that turnover, and and you get a stop. How often have we seen that in the past where turnovers turnovers just, you know, doomed us? Not the case today. They go out and they get stops afterwards. Obviously, we give up points after turnovers most of the time, but not every time. And I don't think going forward that the offense is going to turn the ball over that much because yeah. we haven't seen them do it. All right, that'll do it for us live at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. It's getting crazy here. Uh, it's been a fun day as OU wins it over Kansas. We'll talk to you on Monday. We'll break this. We'll break down this game even more. Heading into a bye week, but the Sooners are four and three, two wins away from a bowl game. For Travis Davidson and Connor Pasby, I'm Tyler McComas. We'll talk to you soon right here on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans.